Hey, you're listening to the When She Steers podcast. This is a learn as you grow workshop styled podcast showcasing all the incredible things that can happen when a woman leads. Whether it's running a business, finances, or real estate, we share relatable experiences of all the peaks and valleys so you can learn and become the best version of you. I'm your host, Annie DeMello, and your millennial realtor. With my background in the financial industry and currently in real estate, I found that many women feel unsure, overwhelmed, or believe that this is their husband's department. But you're in control. So let's grab a coffee together and dive on in with all the tips and strategies to take the wheel for all things unanswered right here on the When She Steers podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of When She Steers. I want to talk about your ideal client. I feel like a lot of the times we just settle for really just about anyone for a number of different reasons. You know, we're just starting out and money's tight and a sale is a sale or don't want to be ungrateful because you actually have a client to work with versus someone who doesn't. Or you're an overachiever and a people pleaser and you don't want to disappoint anyone. There's so many ways to determine who your ideal client is. It could be someone who's like-minded or a demographic that you can relate to or are passionate to serve. My ideal client are first-time homebuyers and first-time sellers. I love getting to work with them and to educate and to walk them through the process for the first time ever. And typically with the first-time homebuyers and the first-time home sellers, they're essentially around my age group, which I truly enjoy and might not be the most luxury, prestigious thing that you see out there, but really that multi-million dollar client, they're great, but probably not my cup of tea. I believe that as I start to get older and I'm working with these clients long-term, I will grow with them and they will then be those million dollar clients. But right now I am so happy working with those first timers. The time that you spend working with someone who isn't your ideal client, it's probably better spent prospecting for your ideal client. First things first, and you have to determine what characteristics aren't in your ideal client. You know, for me, it's someone like someone who isn't ideal for me is the person that doesn't appreciate me or that isn't loyal or they believe that they know more than me. And I want to express that it is completely okay to walk away from someone who doesn't check off the boxes of, or sorry, who check off the boxes of your non-ideal client. So again, my boxes are someone who doesn't appreciate me, who isn't loyal and who believes they know more than me. So if they check off any of those boxes, they are not my ideal client. I had a seller that wasn't a appreciative or grateful for anything that I've done for them. We sold their place for more than what they were expecting. And even after everything, they still wanted me to discount my services. From the sale price, I mean, they were still netting enough money to from selling their place, which allowed them to put money for a new down payment, pay off a credit card, putting money towards retirement and everything, all of their goals that they wanted to achieve, I was able to do, but yet it still wasn't enough for them. So Now they're planning to buy that next place. And I decided that I don't want to be their realtor for it. And I don't want to be the realtor for the purchase. There's some clients that will expect you to bend over backwards and be available at the beck and call, whether it's, you know, 10 p.m. at night or 6 a.m. in the morning. And they can still not appreciate a single thing you do for them. And now knowing how that client is, 
I decided to walk away from that next sale. And I know it's a commission check that's coming in or potential commission check that was coming into my account, but it was not worth my mental capacity to deal with that stress and anxiety all the time. And especially for someone who just wants to take, 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 take and not be grateful for any of it. I'm happy not to be a part of that. You know, you have to draw the, the line in the sand somewhere, right? Another thing is acknowledging that there's people out there who were only looking for a good deal. I'm sure you know someone like that. These clients typically don't have any loyalty anyways, so you can't take that personally that they're just looking out for themselves. It's so easy to get offended that they didn't respect your time because they called that next person that can save them a little bit more money and they're gone, but it's okay. I've seen clients who have taken a fully built portfolio from an agent, which is of investment properties that would be you know, great to purchase to achieve their goals of the residual income. And it came down to like the specifics of the area and location and you know, calculating the long-term of your assets and liabilities and what things are gonna look like in 25 years. And that client actually took that portfolio to someone else and said, if you can do the same thing for me for a better rate, you have my business. It's shocking to me that people would do this, but hey, there's people out there that don't care about relationships or emotions or any of that stuff. It's literally just dollar amounts and figures. But again, you can't take that stuff personally. It's not you. Again, not your ideal client, right? So lastly, there are clients out there who believe that they know more than you. And when that happens, it's end game. You need to believe that someone has hired you because you're an expert. You're the professional. You're the one with the license. You know, it could be real estate, mortgages, mutual funds, coaching, whatever that business is. But you need to believe that you know what's best. And you can't let someone come in and tell you how to do your job because you're intimidated by them to say no. And I've been there. You know, I've dealt with people who are much older than me where I just felt intimidated to say, no, they're wrong. (laughs) And for me, you know, being younger and having some of my clients be like my parents' age, a lot of the times they believe that they know more than me. And sometimes they think they can pretend to know real estate. And what's helped me strip down all those layers with those clients is that they've probably bought and sold houses maybe two, three, four, five times in their entire lifetime. I did that last week and I know that I'm living, breathing and literally shitting real estate all day, every day. Like I know this stuff inside and out and I know what I'm doing. And if they still believe that they know more than me, then you know, we're not a good fit for each other and it is okay for you to walk away. I actually had a client um, once, a seller, that wanted to increase their list price by $30,000 when it was already active on the market. And it's because they, believe themselves that the market was going up. And I mean, we weren't getting offers at their existing price. So how are we going to sell it at 30 grand over fair market value? Like it was unreal. Everything around us was selling for 10 to 15 grand under that current list price. But I mean, they still believe that they knew more than me. And I got to the point where we just had to let go of this relationship because that was the best option. I'm wasting more time trying to reason with them and explain to them why we shouldn't do that 
But at the end of the day, whatever I said was wrong and whatever they said was right. And it, if you're at a point where you can't do your job, and at that time that was my job is to help them sell their house, I can't attach my name to a property that was $30,000 over fair market value. Again, it is totally fine to walk away. And that's exactly what happened. You need to realize that busy isn't always good. I mean, there's a difference with being busy because you're generating income, but there's also that non-productive busy. You know, I'd rather someone take a day off and enjoy it with their family than chasing tales of your non-ideal client. I actually listened to a podcast recently um, called No Fucks Given by Sarah Knight. So episode 103 called The Joy of No. You know, I loved this episode. Like it, if you're a people pleaser, overachiever, a FOMOer, you know, fear of missing out person, or a pushover, like you'll learn all of the type of different personalities and then you'll get to know what to do about it and learning how to say no. But anyways, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode on working with your ideal client and not selling for the scraps. As women, I feel like it's so easy for us to take the scraps and then we, on top of that, we say thank you for it. That's not okay. You deserve so much more and I hope that you do get to meet your ideal client this week and just recognize that they are your ideal client. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode and you also get a notification when I do launch an episode because I don't tend to launch it on the same day every week because real estate's hectic, life's hectic, and I'm just going with the flow. But thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to do one thing to steer yourself in the right direction. And this week, it could be parting ways with your non-ideal client. Thanks for listening to another episode of the When She Stares podcast. Before you go, I'd appreciate it so much if you can show your support by leaving me a review, sharing this episode with a girlfriend, and saying hi on Instagram. Come find me at underscore Annie DeMello. Thank you so much and see you next time.